Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Okay, I'm sorry that some of you have to hear me twice in a very short period of time, but this is a very different topic. And as I was thinking about it, I realized that I've begun to have a lot of trouble with the word spiritual and the word spirituality, being as how it's become kind of a thing. And and I don't really know what people mean by that. And in the AA uh, spiritual experience, the appendix, it talks about that change of attitude which enables us to live life without our addictive substance. So that's pretty broad and pretty practical. Um, And that's also something that's talked about a lot in the 11th step, I think, that um, meditation and prayer, regardless of what kind of thing prayer is, is practical. It's a practical matter and I'm doing this in order to be able to feel better. And last night at a meeting, somebody talked about what were we willing to do to be free, to be happy, joyous, and free. And someone said, well, they had to be willing to be very uncomfortable. And the other thing I realized is I have to come to terms with who I am. So I would say that perhaps my my journey to what I could hope is some facsimile of um, peace of mind and adulthood and being able to be a person in the world who isn't creating a whole lot of disharmony all the time for myself and others um, has been a process of getting to know myself that I couldn't do until I was able to stop compulsively overeating for a period of time. And by that I also mean stop dieting. I had to be able to stop being so tangled up in food in order to have any kind of clarity. And also when I stopped eating I discovered things about myself that I really hadn't known. For instance, I thought I was extremely independent. I thought I was extremely strong. I thought I was extremely fearless. I had a lot of contempt for people that I thought were wussy. And I stopped eating and I discovered I was terrified. At first it was really exciting. I had never felt that way. I just thought, this is fascinating. I'm really scared. And then I found I cared what other people thought. I had, I had spent my entire life not caring, you know, and it was kind of, I was this kind of, you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen, and I'm from New York, so don't mess with me. And, um, and, and this just didn't turn out to be true. And that was, that was surprising. So, Oh, let me just say, when I came in, I, you know, they said, take what you like and leave the rest. And 
I didn't like anything except the fact that some people, it seemed, ate as I ate and had stopped over and had stopped. And that was enough to keep me here for, it was enough to keep me here. And the pain of eating was so great that after a while, what did I care if they said the Lord's Prayer at the end of the meeting? It just didn't, it, I, I couldn't, in a way it was good because it was like a, a it was like, what are you willing to put up with in order not to eat five pounds of M&Ms? Are you willing to put up with the G word? Are you willing to put up with the Lord's Prayer? Are you willing to put up with, you know, he, him, her, whatever? And, um, and after a while I was, you know, it just, it didn't matter because I, the other thing that I think I've found in this is that that what I expected and what I thought was how things should be is really has not been true. And I had a sponsee who, in regard to step three, said, well, she thought maybe turning it over meant looking on the other side, you know, like, and I thought, that is a great idea. You know, that there's another point of view here. There's another possibility. I'm not always right, even though I still cling to wanting to be righted. And um, I'm not always right. And the more I can be surprised and the more I can be pleasantly surprised and the more I can be wrong about things, in a way that's, that's very freeing. And <clears throat> so I'll just say that I did I, I couldn't deal with, with the God thing at all at first. I just said, oh, forget that. I'm, I'm skipping on that step. Um, and over time, it's come to me that people have said that if I truly accept I'm powerless, I have to find something. I have to find power somewhere. And I think that basically it doesn't matter what I call it, but it does matter that I'm willing to be restored to sanity. And it's my si- it's my side of that equation. Like I don't I don't usually want to be restored to sanity because I want to act out and I want to misbehave and I want to say I'm just a wild and crazy gal and you know this is and being restored to sanity means being sensible quite a lot of the times. You know it's like putting on the old lady shoes instead of the six inch stilettos. <laughs> it's going to bed at a reasonable hour. It's not believing I can eat whatever I want and maintain a healthy weight. You know, that's just, um, it's, it's really not that complicated. And that, I think they also talked about in the second um, step in the OA, which is that we just took some actions that other people suggested we take that being restored to sanity was a process of following some directions or saying, well, this worked for that person, so maybe I'll do it. And I know there was a, there, there has also come to be a time in my life, times in my life when things have been pretty difficult. And um, at one of those times, a person suggested I read an author who is a you know recovered alcoholic and um but as far as i was concerned this is a pretty low rent author you know i you know i wasn't going to be reading some popular person that all people read i just am busy 
reading my Tibetan Buddhists or something like that. You know, I can't be bothered with that. But for whatever reason, I did. Maybe I heard this author reading on the radio, and I thought, oh. And then it just came that these these stories, these essays, were very comforting to me. And um, <clears throat> I was in the hospital for for a, you know a very serious thing had happened, and I just had these stories in my head. And I would say that you know things I need from a power greater than myself are guidance, and I need comfort. I really need, you know, everybody's always talking about food comforting them. And and you can call it love, that's fine, love is fine, but love is another one of those words that's very, mm, I'm not quite sure what I think of it. Um, I, I, but that sense of just being comforted, of being, of sort of something having my back, of being taken care of. And this, on the other hand, this doesn't mean that everything's going to, to fall my way. And I've been, I've been interested in that um, <clears throat> stuff in the, in the big book, the, the acceptance story that everybody loves. Because I don't know quite, I mean, what does it mean that acceptance is the answer? I have to accept things. I, I mean, not accepting them is certainly not going to help me. But I don't, if, if acceptance is a strategy to get what I want or a strategy to make everything okay, then that's not really acceptance. It's like, oh, if I accept this, then it's not going to bother me. And it may bother me. And I might have to accept that I'm bothered by it. So there's always, for me, pushing, just pushing back a little bit more. Um, that, okay, I'm upset. Can I live with being upset? Because that's what's happening right now. And I think that is something I wanted to talk about, about whatever this journey has been for me. And the hardest thing has been letting go of my expectations of who I should be. Um, and I, I feel also that I don't think that a quote-unquote spiritual journey, like I don't want it to turn into another capitalist venture, you know, like more spirituality, more recovery, a better program, a stronger program, working the program harder, being more accepting, being more loving, you know, just being right, you know, not just an exemplar. Having been here this long, why aren't I just a better example <laughs> of, you know, patience, forbearance, human kindness, and all that? Like, why do I still roll my eyes? Uh, you know, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm trying not to roll them visibly. Um, but, um, you know, that sense of, like it, it talks about we never wanted to be a worker among workers or a fellow among fellows. We say, yes, I want to be a worker among workers and a fellow. But secretly, you know, I was brought up that if you're not special, it doesn't count. And you never read about anybody who's just ordinary. You only read about people who are special. And every day there just gets to be a little twinge 
of like, hmm, you know, I was reading today some obituary of somebody's grandfather who took up painting, at, you know, when he was 70 and became an, a well a renowned artist, you know, and he said, at my age, I needed something to get me out of bed in the morning, so I had to have something great. I thought, oh. I'm 77. I haven't, you know, I haven't yet become anything great. I guess there's still hope. You know, that's that idea. There's still hope. Maybe, maybe at 90 she'll emerge, you know, <laughs> as something fabulous. And that was always the way my life was when I was little, you know. And, and that was the that was the diet myth too, you know. Maybe next month I'll start, or next week, or maybe by my birthday I'll have lost 50 pounds, or maybe this, and then. I lost 50 or 60 pounds, and the world was not that much different, you know? Um, I could fit into more clothes, and that was fun, but still. So, you know, with all that expectation, there's always disappointment. And, um, you know, I would just, I feel like that for me is what is really a spiritual awakening now, is just coming to terms with with the limitations coming to terms with what is today and not and I don't always and acceptance doesn't mean I like it but it means I'm not necessarily fighting it and or I say this is so and you know the, the, I think the program in a way the steps are designed to bring us to that because we start out by saying okay I'm a hopeless mess well, there's a little shred of hope here. Um, I might get, be able to get some sanity. And okay, I'm, I'm gonna try and trust this process. I don't know quite what that means. Then we have these steps, you know, four through nine. And um, I remember the first time I, I read my fourth step and my first sponsor was and I always say she was a little old lady, but of course I'm older than she was now when she started sponsoring me, although she was um, she was actually my mother's age. And um, you know, she was she was a housewife. She wasn't a uh, enshrined teacher. She um, smoked cigarettes and drank coffee and um, clicked along on little high heels. And she always just said really simple things like, join the human race, honey. And uh, you just made an error in judgment, honey. That's all, it's just an error in judgment. And I think I learned a great deal in that situation. I learned that she wasn't perfect and I, and it was valuable to be to be able to call her every single day. And I also learned to do something very, very badly. That is this program that I think most, many of you know that I spent 13 and a half years, you know, in and out of abstinence and never stopping and never stopping coming back. And I know what I want to say. I read. This morning I read a, a very wonderful article actually about the warriors and about their their loss. And the, the man said that it was their ability to lose, you know, that that was okay. That you 
could, had to not be afraid to lose. And I think there's a, that's a thing. I have so many times, like, you know, someone will say, oh, I didn't want to call you. Is that the end? No, five more. Okay. Someone says, I don't want to call you because I overate. Or, oh, I feel ashamed. Well, that is like, that's the kiss of death. You know, it's like literally that I don't want to fail or I'm ashamed because it, it it's very freeing in a certain kind of way to just say, okay, did it again, but here I am. And I wanted to say that it gave me a lot of freedom because I remember being on a group hike and, you know, being slow. And then I just thought, Somebody has to be last. It's okay. I mean, it's all right. Why not me? Why not be last? It's a lot more relaxing than having to be first, you know? <laughs> but also, um, you know, in my yoga class, I am probably the student with the most limitations. Um, and. I feel like if that keeps me, that can't keep me from going. So maybe that's what's meant by humility and that I can be a participant in this program no matter how damaged and creepy I am. Um, you know, and I remember saying to this friend who's not in program and she was telling me she was having a hard time um, prioritizing. And I said, oh, I have a hard time with that too. Well, maybe we can help each other. And she said, well, that's the blind leading the blind. And I said, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the blind really do a better job of leading the blind than anybody else. Oh, we can't say that anymore. Well, but you know what I mean. Um, it's, it's like, that's the secret of this program. And I, I you know, I, I heard with new ears that thing about it's weakness, not strength that binds us to each other, because I haven't liked that word, weakness. Of course not. Ew, creepy. Weakness. Ew. Um, but I think that what they mean is it's in our shortcomings, in our, in our openness, in our brokenness, that we can give each other help. And that we can be of help to other people because, I mean, it's just a lot harder to um, work with others if you're perfect. You know, it doesn't really make anybody feel very comfortable. So I don't know if I've said anything, but I guess whatever the journey has been, it's just been one of like continually dealing with the loss that's part of the human condition and that I'm part of that human race and that it's okay. Um, and I don't know what really a spiritual awakening or spiritual experience is, but maybe it's the ability to live with the truth or the ability to live with life as it is because life is not changing. <laughs> so. Anyway, that's all I have to say, but thanks for being here. It's nice to be at this meeting.